So here we are on this Labor Day weekend, a weekend in which we celebrate labor by taking a day off. Isn't that the American way to just kind of chill out a little bit? That's a good thing to take Monday, hopefully. I'm sure some of you probably do have to work tomorrow, but uh, to kind of reflect on what a gift it is to be able to have a sustainable income and to support yourself and to support others and to support your church, to support your, your family and your friends. But we know that not all work is that exciting. We know that we need to work, but we know that we don't always enjoy the labor. Some of us love our jobs. Some of us really don't care for them, and most everybody else probably falls somewhere in between. But this morning on this Labor Day weekend, I wondered if we could look at labor in a slightly different light. Not so much what we do or where we work, but to ask this question of ourselves this morning. For whom do we labor? Right now the economy is pretty strong, at least that's what the experts tell us. And when the economy is strong, there are many employers are out there having a difficult time filling the positions that they have at their various companies. Everywhere you look these days, there are help wanted signs, including, as you may have noticed, right outside of our church. We have some openings this morning, a variety of openings that I hope you'll consider. Of course, the church, as we know, always needs those who are willing to labor, regardless of the state of the economy. So I've got to tell you up front this morning, the positions that we're offering today uh, don't pay a whole lot. In fact, most of them don't pay at all. But, and this is important to keep in mind, the long-term benefits are absolutely out of this world. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not suggesting in any way that good works gets anyone into the kingdom of heaven. We all know that that is not the case. Our salvation is a gift from God the Father who sent his only Son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to die for us and then overcome sin and death with his glorious resurrection from the tomb. However, as we move closer to God, and that's a conscious decision, by the way, and choose to covenant with him, we are strengthened in our faith, and then something else happens. We are inspired by the gift of the Holy Spirit to serve and to witness to others. So to put things in perspective again this morning on this holiday weekend, for whom do we labor? For whom are we accountable? Of course, we know the answer, and the church facilitates that labor for us with a variety of job opportunities in three key areas. If you were coming in from the west this morning, you saw one. If you were coming from the north, you saw another. And if you were coming from the east, you saw a third. Service, discipleship, and witnessing. We're hiring. Are you interested? It's quite clear that God intended for us to serve others. And right now, we need people 
with a servant's heart to make that happen. Like, um, like, uh, like, like the people that are sitting before me right now, the people of Oak Chapel who have such a glorious past and a wonderful future because of your commitment to service, because of your willingness to welcome the Holy Spirit. I've seen your good works already in two months and I'm amazed, although I shouldn't be. I am impressed, very impressed by your humility, your love, your compassion. What a great group of servants we have here. So that begs the question, why put any signs out at all? Because you're already here. You're already working. Well, as we all know, we want to extend that invitation to others. We want them to see what you already know, to have what you already have. Because to be honest, the labor can be burdensome from time to time. Could I, as your pastor, possibly ask you to do any more than you're already doing? Probably not. But on this Labor Day weekend, as we give thanks for our sustainable income, I want you to step back this morning just for a moment and reflect on something that I consider to be much more valuable, and that is our spiritual capital. The wealth that each and every one of you has in this area. Our scripture from Proverbs this morning tells us that all hard work brings a profit and that true wealth of the wise is their crown. We know what we're in it for. We know why we're here. We know what the reward is. A truthful witness saves lives. Think about that. Think about the opportunity that we have to do that. Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and for their children it will be a refuge. And we've talked about the children and how we'd like to have them here and to provide that safe haven, that place of refuge for them. That is our real fruit, the real fruit of our labor. And let me assure you, that each and every one of you is eminently well qualified to serve. God has blessed each of you in so many ways. I'm still getting to know the many talents that you have, but I've seen so much fruit already, and we're just entering the harvest season. The fruit is plentiful here at this church, and the potential is unlimited. Using the gifts that have been given to you to serve God and serve others not only brings glory to God, but also enriches our soul. Gives us a good feeling. Elizabeth, serving as liturgist this morning. Jen, Sandy, the, the music is, is, is incredible. The study, the, the opportunity that we have here to grow our Sunday school program. So what's your fancy? Is it missions? We've got plenty of options there. How about worship and music and join our already outstanding team? Trustees, got a really, really talented group there, but they can always use an extra set of hands. Finance, some really smart people there, but they could use help as well. How about Christian education? We have an entire wing of classrooms that sits empty week after week after week. 
Can we not grow that program and bring education to all? How about youth? Build it, make it available, and they will come. I believe that God will be faithful and bring young people to us. And outreach, boy, what a great job this church has done in the short time that I've been here. Miriam's program, the two by two. We don't, we've learned we don't have to go very far to find someone who is searching. But don't take my word for it. Take God's word from Romans 12, which Elizabeth read earlier for us. When Paul suggests that in our faith that we go all in, no, no part-time work here. Let's be all in. To go so far as to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is, after all, our true and proper worship. Sounds like a big commitment, doesn't it? You guys are already pretty busy. I don't want to take anything else on. But then we kind of remember, oh yeah, he kind of made that, that full and complete sacrifice for each of us, didn't he? Do we really want to be just a part-time servant? Furthermore, we are continually reminded that we are not to conform to the pattern of this world, but be, to be transformed by it, by the renewing of our mind. And that, this morning, friends, is what sets us apart. Your presence here this morning, your willingness to take part in the service, to hear the word, to proclaim the word, and then go live the word when you leave our church. That helps us to help others to transform the world. We are, after all, as the signs out front say, disciples, servants, witnesses called to serve in that role, to transform the world. And we don't have to do it alone. We can and should do it together. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all of the others. I think they call that synergy. We have so much potential in this church. We all have different gifts, and we can share those gifts according to the grace given to each of us. So as I mentioned in my short time here at Oak Chapel, I have seen an enormous outpouring of talent and gifts and missions and willingness to serve. So I wonder if we could take a moment. In fact, let's, let's do this together. Put together a little checklist. I hope you can all see it from where you are. I'll try to stand out of the way here. Didn't get it as big as I would like. But these are the gifts that were mentioned to us in Scripture this morning. Can you all see from where you're there? Okay. So, Oak Chapel sharing our faith, going out two by two, being a welcoming and hospitable church, check. Serving one another, boy, I see it in a lot of ways, a lot of different ways, for the goodness of the, of the building, of the people, of the service. You folks are committed. You're all in, check. Teaching each other. We've got a couple Sunday school classes here, one that will begin, I guess, meeting uh, after the fair. Can we do more? Can we offer more? Can we provide for everybody, that everybody might have an opportunity not only to worship on a Sunday, but also to share and study God's Word? 
I think so. And I think we've got the people here to do it. Encouraging each other. Think about how important that is. Each and every one of us, each and every day, could use a little lift, right? A little encouragement, a kind word. And you folks are really good at that. You're getting two check marks there. That's really good. Giving generously. For good reason, the pastor never knows what people give, and that's fine. I sense this is a very giving and generous church. I don't know that we've talked much about financial stewardship in recent years. Maybe you have. But it's something we ought to ponder a little bit later this fall to see where we are. Because giving generously is a gift in and of itself. When you are called by God to give, it is a gift. And when you give, you give that gift to others. But I believe this is a very generous church. We'll check that out. How about leading? In my short term here, I've seen some tremendous examples of leadership. People ready to jump in with both feet. Hey, I'll do that. I'll take charge of that. Leave it to me. I'll get it taken care of. It makes my job a lot easier. Leadership is certainly a part of your legacy, your, your history, your tradition. So there's no doubt a long history of that. And then maybe, maybe our greatest strength, showing mercy cheerfully, reaching out in love and compassion. When someone else is hurting, that's when they really need us to stand with them, to stand beside them, to visit them wherever they are. And boy, you do a tremendous job of that as well. So, in my mind, you've got a perfect report, perfect checklist. But it doesn't mean that we can't do more. And it doesn't mean that we can't invite others to join with us, to share the blessings of being a servant, a disciple, and a witness. So let's think about that as we move into, I guess we're starting the month of September today, as we move through the fall and the harvest and that special time. What will it be for us? What is our call? If the Lord Jesus were to walk down this aisle right now and tap you on the shoulder and say, uh, Kate, could you give us a hand with this? I know what his response would be. I know what it would be. And just like with each and every one of you. Here I am, Lord. I will serve you. So really, this is just a means of encouragement to say thank you for what you've done and to ponder the future and the opportunities for greater service and glory in this church. I don't know about you, but I can't wait. Let us pray. Almighty God, we are so incredibly blessed by you and called by you. Let us be attentive to and enthusiastic about your call to us as a church and to us as individuals. Help us to grasp your plan and serve it faithfully that we might sow the seeds you have given us and run the race with the expectation of nothing less than complete victory. In your most holy name we pray. Amen.